0: Good morning, everyone, and um, welcome to the class this morning. My name is Cece Collins, and I'm your teacher for today. Uh, the Lord gave me this phrase, build a house, uh, a few weeks ago when I was uh, reading my Bible and studying and praying. And um, I know I'm going to be speaking to the choir this morning, but uh, there are times in our life when we when we allow situations or things, uh, family members or, or health or just life to, you know, begin to maybe draw us away in the manner that the Father doesn't want. And so um, we're going to be looking at some scriptures here this morning, and this is, this is a message to focus on building a spiritual house within ourselves, uh, to consecrate ourselves before the Lord, to just really just get back in alignment where the Lord wants us all to be. Uh, you know, little things can, can just draw us away, um, attitudes know the way that we perceive things but the father's is really wanting us to just uh, to just really it's just a time of you know drawing back in so uh, I had already prepared this message and um, because the Lord had been dealing with me about this topic and i had already prepared this message um, and then just a few days ago uh, as I was building my notes lo and behold, I have a dream. And the dream uh, consisted of um, Winfred and I, and we were, we were in the process of uh, purchasing a house. And, um, and in this house, it, it was an older home, and it needed, it was a really big place, and it needed a lot of work. The rooms needed to be restored. But the thing that was so significant to me was on the, on, in the yard on the outside of the house was this very large pavilion. And it uh, you know would accommodate a, a large crowd. And so in this dream, I was talking to Winford, and we were talking about fixing this place up and and building it and making it and uh, fixing the pavilion so that we could you know gather the network in maybe to have some kind of a seminar or a meeting or something like that. And um, you know God has a really uh, sense of humor because um, because in our life right now we're not thinking about building. You know a home or anything because we're thinking more like downsizing we've been we've been talking about this for several months you know just contemplating the future you know of what that looks like for us and you know downsizing maybe selling the home and moving to something smaller and of course we have not made no decisions and you know we're still in the process of praying about it but it you know God has a sense of humor and you know dreams are very funny and they just, you know, how our conscience works. I know Mark talked about dreams the other uh, day in his message. And, uh, you know, how our conscience works and, uh, while we're asleep. But this, uh, this, this message today is, um, is built on more focus on building a spiritual place for the Lord. So my message today is build a house. And in the Hebrew... Uh, the word build is bana, and it means to make, repair, or set up. And uh, house is uh, a, a Hebrew word, bayet, And it means, and it's a temple, a, pl- a palace, or a dwelling place. And it's a temple, a palace, or a dwelling place for the Lord. And I entitled this fir- first part, Yahweh Builds, and it's in Psalms 127, 1 through 2. Except Yahweh build the house, they that labor labor in vain. Except uh, Yahweh keep the city, the watchman wake up in, uh, waketh uh, but in vain. Verse two: It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his uh, beloved sleep. And Psalms one 20, hundred twenty-seven is labeled the "A Song of the Decrees for Solomon." better known as the Song of the Accents. And this psalm is sung as the Israelites traveled to Jerusalem to attend the annual feast, And they realized that God was their source and without Him they would have nothing. And He is the one who has saved their cities and gave their children, um, gave them children as a blessing. And we have to let Yahweh build. And that uh, Yahweh is the plan and the assignment from the Lord. And, if not, and if, if not, then everything we do will be done in vain. In vain is uh, lack of worth or substance, having too much pride in ourselves. And in the scripture, he has this the watchman waketh with vain. You know, this is, this is us. We're the watchman, we're the watchman for the Lord. And ex- uh, except Yahweh keeps the city, if, if Yahweh doesn't keep keep our, uh, uh, we don't walk in Yahweh's plans. Then the the watchmen that we are to be for the Lord will not be. We will be doing what we uh, what we do in vain. We won't be doing uh, the things that the Father is requiring of us. So in Isaiah 28:16 uh, through 18. Verse 16 says, Therefore, thus says the Lord uh, God, Behold, I lay, and here lay is um, yasad. And yasad, uh, the meaning of that is to set, to, uh, to um, lay or to ordain. Uh, it says, I have laid in Zion for a foundation. And foundation is our word musad, and it's the root word of yasad. It says, I have laid a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, and he that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteous to the plummet, righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding places. And your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. So God promises to visit uh, and establish His prosperity and fruitfulness in Zion. And those that rely on Him will have prosperity and fruitfulness. And that's us. We will have prosperity and fru- fruitfulness. <clears throat> and judgment is our word, uh, mishpat, meaning to judge or define the process of governing. And God will judge His uh, people and bring them back into alignment. And this is what we are praying for, and this is what we do while we're in intercession. We're praying for people to be in alignment with God's will. Righteousness is the word nikino, and it meaning to show our uh, vision capacity to see what God wants. The tried, the stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, is Jesus. And he is in our example, in our pattern, that we pattern our life after. And when we follow him, our covenant with death will be disannuyled. And the plummet is a standard by which divine judgment is gauged. This next part I'm entitled, Wisdom Builds. And it's in Proverbs 24, 3-4 through and verse 27. Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and ple- pleasant riches. Prepare thy work without, and make it fit for thyself in the field, and afterwards build thy house. Those that are wise uh, build their house on the Lord. And we see many in our world that are not functioning that way. And it's very discouraging. You know, it discourages us, especially if we have family members that are not in alignment with the Lord. But all we can do is stand and believe and keep our focus um, in our mind on them, on the Lord for them and for the world. And we all have a path to choose and one of wickedness or righteousness. We know that the tabernacle of the upright will prosper and the foolish are blinded. They're just blinded. And they don't know, you know, really what they're doing. And they don't see, you know, the things that they're doing with their life. They're not being in alignment with the Lord. But we can pray that God would lift the veil from their eyes. And that, you know, he will somehow penetrate that, that spirit that is, you know, have, have strayed from the Lord. And verse 4 says, And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Those are beautiful words. That when we when we have built our house on the foundation of the Lord, that that the things that we have in our life will be precious in the pleasant riches. That the struggles and trials and things that we go through, uh, you know, we focus our heart on the Father. In Proverbs uh, 1, 14 no, Proverbs 14:1, and then I jump down to verse 11. Verse one says, "Every wise woman builded her house, but the foolish pluck it down with her hands." Verse eleven: "The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish." This part in it, verse uh, one says, uh, "But the foolish pluck it down with her hands," and that's exactly what it is. People, you know, they're just uh, you know, we can operate in that sometimes, too. You know, we can operate in, in foolish ways before the Lord. Um, and some of the decisions we make or you know, in just the way our mind works and the, and the things that we may think on or focus on, you know, we have to, we have to be careful because, you know, we don't want to be plucked away. We don't want anything in our spirit to be out of alignment with the Father. We want to we be completely in alignment with, with what the Father is saying and doing, in, you know, in each season of our life but we are flesh and we have to be careful. I'm going to step back a few minutes and go back up to um, that Proverbs 3 and 4 and verse 27. It says, God releases wisdom and wisdom is uh, taking light into the darkness. We know that. And he does that through our partnership when we gain the Prasuke prayer and we apply it. Understanding is our word ben and it's meaning instruction received and the knowledge to go forward and function as a son. And those, uh, those are the precious and the pleasant riches of the Lord gained through time spent with him. And I kind of got ahead of myself there a minute ago so I had to go back and and refocus on that so the next part is taking a stand and it's in our uh it's in joshua 24:15, and verse 15 says and if it seemed e- uh, seemed evil and evil is our word raw unto you to serve the lord choose this day and who you will serve whether the gods which uh, your father served that are on the other side of the flood are the gods of the um, Amorites in his land you dwell in. For, uh, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I know many of us, I don't have the plaque in my house, but I know many of us have that plaque you know, in our home because you know, um, Christians really you know, dwell on that one, that one scripture. For, but for as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I know it's always in the inside of us and in our heart you know the steering wheel of our body you know that that phrase but um, it's 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 a you know it's a beautiful scripture and I love this scripture um, choose this day who you will serve the God of the world or the God of the creation of the world and you know this is a powerful scripture that you know we can use in our ministry uh, before others you know when we you know speaking to somebody about God you know we can we can drop that little tidbit, you know, into their spirit, you know. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, that speaks volumes because when you say that to somebody, I mean, it really it just sums up who you are, who you are in the Lord and and, and where your stand is with, with things. And um, I think it's a good scripture uh, to use for, for witnessing and, and a good one to use for, you know, those that you're, you know, Maybe counseling or just, you know, an everyday talk and speaking to somebody, you know. It just really sums up who you are in the Lord. And that, you know, there's really, in that scripture right there, it's really no doubt of where you stand, you know, in the Father. In um, verse um, Isaiah 58:12, And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. And I, I really love this scripture because it really speaks, I think it speaks to us you know as an intercessory prayer church it says and they that shall uh, be of thee so they that shall be of thee us that shall be of thee us, us uh, that shall be of the father what are we doing we will build the old waste places that we shall raise up the foundations of many generations and, and we will be called the repairer of the breach the restorers of a path to dwell in and this is what we are <clears throat> and this is what we do in intercession we build up the old waste places we restore the breaches and, th- and that is our our covenant an agreement with Yahweh amen, amen. do I have any comments anyone want to share anything before I move forward raise <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> hand <laughs> next
1: I remember early on when we were beginning to travel and go into some of these nations that, where we were doing some serious spiritual warfare, and I don't even think that we knew the extent of what our stand meant. And, and I remember we went into Greece and we had a p- fairly large team, but it was a team of leaders. And we got there and there was so many spiritual dynamics that were going on. I mean, it, was, it was like a, an arena in the spirit realm, but still, we were still pretty green. And so we go out as a team, Pastor, you may remember this, and we were out in the city, and it was like we were not centered. It's like there was was things that were drawing our attention individually. And I remember there was a moment when Pastor pulled us all together, and I think he actually got a stick, and he drew a line, and I'd never seen him like this. And he said, I'm drawing this line right here. It is your decision to choose which side you're gonna be on right now. Which way you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna get centered and go, do you remember that? And it made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Cause I thought, first of all, I was so thankful that he took charge of the situation and and really like kind of shook us all just <laughs> same Because Cause it, I guess I say all that to say that it's easy to be distracted and especially when you step into atmospheres that maybe you're not that familiar with, but we're talking about the house, but I just I, I'll never forget that moment because it was it was such a it was just a really sterling moment for us as a people. You remember that,
2: Pastor?
1: <laughs> so I could use this.
0: Yeah. But Monica, you know the the house is this house right here. Exactly. This temple right here. You know, this is this is you know this is the choices that we make. I mean, it's not really a, a building. I mean, it is a building. It can you know it can be interpreted in a couple of different ways. But it's this right here, you know, our heart, our steering wheel of our lives. <coughs> so Part of it
1: too, I think, was some some people on our team like that. wanted to go over to another island, and there was contention there about what we were supposed to do. And so, really, the reality of it is, we have to follow our leader. I mean, get your eyes off of that. That is a distraction. Remember that. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just, we all have to just stay in that place of awareness.
0: Mm-hmm. I imagine when you go out on, on mission fields like that, I'm <laughs> I imagine it's it, it can it can easily be sprayed one way or another, you know.
1: And we were dealing with principalities, right? I mean, we were in that in that land. Yep.
3: Yeah. Um, I was thinking about <coughs> this uh, passage in Joshua. I mean just what Monica was, was saying about choosing this day. And I think about in, in this day that we live, um, there's such a focus on cre- creation, the creation versus the creator. And many of you have probably heard or read about all these um, ESG, Issues, environmental, social, and governance issues, and you know you think about, and I, I, I mean, I love nature as much as anybody. Um, but you know, we've all heard that term tree huggers, you know, all those tree huggers. Um, and I mean, we, we we definitely need. I mean, the earth is the Lord's, right? And and we have a duty to take care of it. But we don't have a duty. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a there's a, a line there, you know, between um, you know being conscious of our surroundings and not, you know, don't. Throw, I mean, nobody in here is going to go throw their McDonald's bag out the window, but we see people do that, and it just, I mean, that's the one thing that makes me want to like pull them over. <laughs> but um, you know, the, the the world that we live in. And Talked about how this is a good passage, you know, for witnessing. It's a, it would be as simple as that, you know, just saying, you know, this this passage about you know choosing this day and you're going to serve. You know, are you, you going to go down that road of you know environmental and social and governance issues and you can get all off into that hoopla? Or are you going to keep your eyes fixed on the board? And the last thing I'll say is, when it comes to you know this this global warming and, and all this stuff. Um, I don't know if y'all remember when the Exxon Valdez oil spill happened. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
3: There was uh, marine biologist discovered that there was a microbe in the ocean whose favorite food was oil.
0: <laughs> Isn't that amazing?
3: And <coughs> so these microbes basically cleaned up the ocean. Yeah. <coughs> and we, we, you know, we, we, we all we have. So many people out there that think that you know man's got to fix this. You know, global warming. You know, you know we've got too much emissions here, and you know methane <laughs> gas here. We got to kill all the cows. Um, it, it's it's like this tactic of the enemy to get our focus on all this stuff that the Lord knows about, and He can send the microbes to the water to eat up all the oil. You know, I mean, He, he He's got all that under control. But I it mean, really, I feel this, in this day, it's really a tactic of the enemy to get people's focus off of the creator mm-hmm. and onto all the problems with creation around us. There's a passage um, in Romans one twenty-five, and it's, it really goes well with this. Starting in 24, it says, Wherefore God also gave them up to the uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, mm-hmm. to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, to change the truth of God into a lie, and worship and serve the, cre- the creature more than the Creator. And that is really what we have going on. What? Right. So, that's yeah, all I have. think about, too, I mean, we just spent
0: the month
3: of
1: October. I believe that election huh? was won because of the rainforest. Uh-huh. I mean, the guy who won was actually the one that was, not that I don't believe in the rainforest and think it needs to be protected, but that was the big issue with him, mm-hmm. was that the current president was not did not care enough for the rainforest to preserve it. So that, you know, it's just so telling. It,
3: well, I, it is, but it's also about, I hate to say it, but that issue right there,
1: about
3: money, yeah. and so much of all these issues. I think it's, right. it's money and power.
0: Yeah, and that's where the focus is, you know. And I'm, you know, through all this political thing, and you know, you just constantly see things. I, 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 a light bulb just came on to me the other day. Well, I mean, not, but I guess I just kind of realized. In um, just about every aspect of our world today, people are divided right down the middle. You know, because like Brazil, it was just kind of an eye opener to me. And I've been hearing, you know, y'all talking about, you know, um, you know, praying about Brazil and, you know, we were all believing and standing and, and everything. And that, you know, there was, you know, a lot of people was one way and the other, especially because they had to have that re election and all that. But it just was such an eye opener that it's just not us, you know, our, our, our country. I mean it's everywhere you go even France everywhere you go it's just people are just divided down the middle you've got you know half of the people want to do one one thing one way and half want to do something the other way and it just amazes me how divided the whole world is and we're all divided right now together I mean it's not like you know part of the world's been doing their own thing and then we've been. it's just like everybody's kind of like all divided it's just so wicked I mean, yes. okay. and and how their their focus and their and their hearts and their passions and their desires, you know, are are so far away from the Lord, you know.
1: Which makes this teaching so significant, because what does the Bible say? A house divided will fall. Yeah, a house
0: divided will fall. So
1: we have to remember, we have to stay united. We have to stay. Yes,
0: yeah. and you know, little things can stru- and allow us to stray away. I mean, it's not the. It's not the big things that destroy us. It's the little things, you know, for, you know, just keep building and building and building. We just need, you know, it's just a callback, you know, just a callback to to our roots and where the Father is, you know, wanting us to be is where I feel like this message is, is for me, uh, is to deliver to you today.
5: i just to add something real quick to kind of what you guys have been saying is, you know, with Joshua, <coughs> I mean, he's telling the people around him to choose that day, and it's a daily choice. I mean, yeah, right. in, all, I mean in the midst of all the things that are going on within, um, I mean, we can talk politically forever and ever, but spiritually, these forces, um, they are absolutely just fueling everything that Les talked about, that everybody else has hit on but we have to and, and I'm, I'm saying this to myself we have to choose where our service is going to be directed towards or whom in this case it's the plan and, and if we if we if we do that and, and you know um, the, the message that pastor you know brought about cleansing from all mm-hmm. filthiness and I'm telling you we I've been doing that <laughs> every single day the sound mind goes along with that the sound mind and we we better. We need to stay clean, and, and the way we do it is praying in the spirit and, and reading the word and using the word in our declaration. Just some of these basic principles that, that are so important, but we have to choose every single day. Hey, I'm I'm up and I'm, I'm serving the, Lord, the Lord's eternal plan. I'm not serving the environmentalist. I'm not serving, the, and and that's just a, a, a something that is
6: very very critical. for
0: and another thing, too, that has been really eye-opener, you know, we, we heard on the news, I mean, constantly on the news, you know, there's going to be this big red wave, this big wave wave, you know, the, you know, the Republicans were going to, you know, take the House and the Senate and all that. What happened? <laughs> Here we are, split right down the middle again. After all that we have been through, everything that we have been through, has it changed? It not changed much. And, I mean, you just have to be careful about the voices you listen to. And because, I mean, in my spirit, I was so certain that, yes, Lord, we're finally getting the victory that we've been praying for, you know? You know, it's taken us a few years, but we're finally getting there. Just makes you shake your head. (laughs) Makes you shake your head to wonder. You know, you just can't listen to those voices and just, and, and believe, you know, because, Ultimately, God's in control, and whatever it is that He wants is going to be done. And we just have to stand faithful and to believe the Father. Amen?
4: Yeah, I like this verse too because it's it's almost a very uh, deep lesson in uh, practicality because it recognizes the authority that someone has as an individual. Yeah. And Joshua is saying, I can't tell you what to do, and we all have heard it probably, and that is that you can't legislate goodness. No, just can't be. You can't demand it. It's got to come from within a person. So it recognized the sovereignty of, of everybody that was there. It says, "But as for me and the people, I have authority over my house. Mm-hmm. We will serve the Lord." Right. And that's, we uh, we lose focus of what we can control and what we can't we worry too much about what we can't control and that's I think that's a big part of this verse as well is, is uh, Joshua was releasing the worry about these other folks to the Lord and declaring that as for me
0: And all, in all actuality, who can we take care of? We can only take care of this vessel. You know, we can't. We can't take care. Of, but we have to make that that, you know, determination. Like Mark said, just every day, get up in the morning and just determine that this is what we're doing, and you know, we're not going to let anything else, you know, draw us away. come the thing, you know, you you think you're in alignment with people because they love the Lord and they serve God, but
5: Okay. Right, if you don't
0: accept it. Yeah, we're
5: going to cancel Okay, you, now, you know.
3: I mean, but that's really, you know, soft and fuzzy, and everybody can get on board with that because it's love. Right. Right? Absolutely. We don't love. That's not a God thing. It, Monica, you remember Jack yeah. Coates? He was a, our realtor when we bought our first and second house, the only houses we've had. But one of the things that he said that has always stuck with me, he said, Jesus loves the sinner. Yeah. He hates the, the yeah. sin. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's what this is. I mean, it's not that you don't love them. It's not that we don't love them, but we cannot condone or promote mm-hmm. or, you know, their- because Yeah, because, I mean, I, when you said that you're just one, mm-hmm. I immediately heard, you know, the, 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 the voice of one crying in the wilderness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Prepare the way of the Lord. I mean, judgment is coming. Yes. And out of love, mm-hmm. Jesus wanted the sinners to acknowledge their sin, yes. repent of their sin, right. and then turn away from it. Right. right, right. But the world makes it about love. You no, you don't love. You know, you're you're a hater and all mm-hmm. that. And it's just that, and that's that's not, not true.
5: Yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're not willing to. It's just a distraction or deflection, not to deal with the, the issue. issue of sin missing right. the mark. That's all that is.
1: See, I think that's why, and I heard this the other day, it's like, you think about the agenda, the liberal agenda, and I was shocked, too, at what happened in this election, but they vote that way because it really diffuses the conviction of their sin. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And so that's Mm -hmm. where this country is going, is to completely diffuse that so that they feel good about themselves. But if they have leaders that are standing for righteousness and convicting them of their sin in that and that's what I
2: said I said it's not about loving them and I have a woman that lives in my complex who's transgender and you know we have conversations she knows where I stand I'm kind to her and but I don't condone what she's doing and how she's living her life you know and I mean like my we have a my uncle was the first man in the state of Minnesota to die of AIDS one of my mother's brothers and I had uncles that were homosexuals not about loving them and that's what I said I said but and I told him I said but the thing is you have to understand we have pastors standing in these churches Mm -hmm. condoning this lifestyle and welcoming so you can't say the presence of God is living in these sanctuaries you know and and that's the point I was trying to get across it's like you know you can love until the cows come home as my mother would say but it's righteousness you know, And um, I, and it was just like, I was just appalled. I thought, I, I don't even know you women, and I've worked with you for almost seven years.
3: <laughs> these these <laughs> churches, though, <clears throat> we have the, the pastors, that I mean, I, I, I feel like that's, you know, we're, we're to be light overcoming the darkness. Yes. And that's an example of darkness overcoming the light. That's it. And, and then we cannot, we, we, we can't let that happen. Um, this passage that i read earlier in romans chapter 1 verse 24 the scary part about this is it says god gave them up to the uncleanness mm-hmm. yeah right i mean if they know to a
0: reprobate mind
3: yes and, and that uncleanness there i mean when you look at that word the opposite of the I mean it's all about impurity physical and more and more morality uh, mm-hmm. and unclean, uncleanness moral And physical,
2: so you know, and and you know, like they were like, "Well, Jesus ate with the sinners." Yes, okay, he did, but his his the presence of God, who he was, the glory is what drew them to repentance and a changed heart. And I said, and that's what we're that's what's the right way, you know.
6: We're to love them, but we're not to. Yeah, and you know, like with, with the uh, <clears throat> with the woman that was in the, in the midst of the city, and you know, he started writing in the dirt. He said, "Where are your accusers?" Yes. And what did he say? I'm not condemning you either. Go and sin no, no. more. That's it. And that's the issue. Yeah. That's it. I mean, he didn't say, "Oh, go smart as people, and We love on. you. Come on, you know." Do whatever you want, God. That's not what He said. Right. And you know, it it is so strange because it's it's all about truly this foundation and what you know to be true and holding on to that. Like this this election, and I we're 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 hijacking your (laughs) class. I've been watching this business up in Montana where they had on the ballot a law that. People voted on, I don't know how many you heard about this, that if a child was born either after an abortion or miscarriage mm-hmm. or whatever in a hospital, that the people in the medical facility had to do whatever was possible to keep that child alive. And so they were gonna have the people vote on it, which they did. And the people of Montana voted that we're not gonna do that. Oh. And um I was listening today, there was a, from someone up in Montana who was promoting the, so tell vote, vote for this so that we can preserve lives. Who would think of killing a child that's, that's in the world breathing, you know, living? And they said that Planned Parenthood and a lot of other groups spent over $400 million to publicize, <coughs> vote against this. And the grassroots, People who were saying, "Look, this is a good thing." We're not saying this isn't about abortion. This is about keeping a child alive if it's living in this world. They spent a little over ten million, so four hundred million to ten million, and those people up there, it it was close. Again, it was almost mm-hmm. like close thing. Said, "No, we're not. We're not going to make that a law that you have to keep a child alive." Of course, we know. Alive in the womb, they don't have to be coming out. But and I all day yesterday, oh man, it was just I was just gripped by this and I thought, God, you're gonna judge. Uh, I gotta be careful. (laughs) I don't want us to become at some point we will be doing this if we read what the scripture says, but God, you're gonna judge Montana for this act. And they're not alone.
1: No,
2: Nevada, I think, did the same thing. Did they really? And at what point do they should this even be a law? Oh, why, know, should even, just, why should it even right. be a
6: factor? Why does a doctor need to be told, oh, I better keep this baby alive? That's crazy. But the mindset of this is like, just so insane. It's, evil. it's
1: like Moloch. Whatever yes, happened so to might
4: as well to do, do harm. no harm. Absolutely. Build a fire and throw in Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Thank
1: and,
0: you, and you know. That's
4: democratic oath just went south.
0: And it's going to trickle down to, um, you know, where does that stop at? You know, and when a person gets so sick, you know, how how far are they going to venture out to save that person's life? I mean, that's that is some kind of a, a a code of ethics that you know the medical field take whenever they get their license. You know, yeah. that I swear I'll you know preserve and protect life, and um, and are they doing it? You know, at every turn you find out they're they're only doing it if it's inconvenient to what they want to do. You know, so I mean. You know, it shudders to make you think what is going to happen to the senior citizens when they get older, and you get to where you know, you know, you know more purpose in life. Well, let's just get rid of you. You know, it's been it's been leading up to that, and it's been happening now in our world anyway. But yes. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all in there. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
2: Don't go to the hospital. <laughs> well, Daddy said the same thing because Daddy was the Seven years, <laughs> he was in the medical field. And he watched his own life, where they said they made a decision that they wouldn't do certain procedures based on dad's age. And he said they're just it's like you know, like a genocide, you know? Like he was having all kinds of back issues and suffering for years, and they were not going to do back surgery because of the expense. At one point, they weren't going to do an MRI. Dad went on the outside and got it, and the military still had to pay for it. And I had a, had a colonel chastise me in that room because I wasted the military's money and I looked at him and said, I don't answer to you. I'm not in the military and we got the help dad needed. And they had to pay for it and he was so mad. And I'm like, you're not gonna dictate to me what's my father's care, absolutely not. And the only reason they did back surgery on dad is because his, his uh, kidneys started shutting down, he collapsed, he couldn't urinate for, for days and it was an emergency. That's the only reason they
0: did so. Mm -hmm. That's exactly
2: the truth. In Europe, I mean, you know,
3: the ignorance of the people in our country on certain topics is amazing. Because, you know, everybody talks about socialized medicine, okay? That's socialized medicine. Absolutely. That goes on in Europe today. I mean, their whole thing is, look, we're not gonna allocate the government's resources to somebody who's 85 years old and has to the seven year runway, you know, we'll allocate the capital to the 28 year old, mm-hmm. because they have a productive life ahead of them, and you know, they, they can be some good to society. And that's, you know.
0: Well we're facing that, speaking of that, we're faking, facing that with Wifford right now, because um, he's having to go in like every four months to have a colonoscopy, because he has an area in his colon that uh polyp grows and it grows like massively qu- quickly and so he's gotta have a colonoscopy next month. And he had one just um, in the summertime. And usually you don't get one but once a year. But anyway, the doctor told me uh, after he did the size procedure because they had gone in a few months ago and taken it out and then they wanted to go back in over the summer and take a look at it to see uh, how it was doing. Well, they went in there and he said it just grew back as a vengeance. And he says, so we need to go back in again in a few months and look at it. And um, he said uh, he's uh, 82. He Fixing me 82. He said at 85, we don't do any more colonoscopies. Yeah. He said um, you know so you'll have to make any. And he also said that he wasn't a candidate for surgery. He's not a candidate for surgery because of his age. He said it'd be too hard on him, and we don't want to put him through that. And so um, my thoughts is so what are we going to do? Every six months, go in and remove this polyp. And uh, so that's what I have to talk to him about when we go in December, because he's got another colonoscopy in December. And um, he said at 80, uh, 85 we don't do any more colonoscopies on individuals, and so you know, y'all know, you have to decide at that time what you want to do. Well, you know, well what do you think we want to do? Yeah. We're gonna just let that thing grow and grow and grow and grow until it takes over his intestines, you know? And uh, so, I mean, it's just that, that's the mindset of the medical field. You know, you get to a certain age, they're they don't want to. They don't want to do anything to help you prolong life because they figure, well, you don't have any many more years ahead of you anyway. So, you know, we're not going to, we not to put you through that. You know.
1: Well, I just want to know what fountain you're drinking out of because I had no idea you were 82. <laughs>
2: Seriously. <laughs>
0: I you had a birthday. She <laughs> takes good care of me. <laughs> <laughs> he had a birthday yesterday. And just turned she 82. She me about Happy what birthday. I want to <laughs> eat, but she gives me what I <laughs> <needed. Yeah. laughs> Maybe but anyway, you know, this, this is really the, the world we live in today. So. <coughs> Moving forward in, our, in my message, it says, uh, Blessed of Yahweh. And this is 80, uh, Isaiah 65, 21-25. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. And they shall not build and another inhabit, and they shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people... And this is this is the uh, Yahweh's talking about us, and mine elect shall long uh, long enjoy the work of their hands, and they shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth uh, bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring with them. So this is not only us, the covenant that we have with the Father, it's our offspring. But in verse 24, and it shall come to pass that before, before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will shema. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and the dust shall be the servant's uh, meat, and they shall not hurt nor destroy, in all of my holy mountain, saith the Lord. And this is our blessing of the Lord that we have when we serve the Father. We will be blessed with all that we need to survive, and this is our covenant promise from our Father. And this is the love that our Father has for us. Before we even ask for anything, you know, it can just be on our mind and the Father knows what we want. And He fulfills all the needs that we have in, in the manner that He chooses. And in, verse, in uh, Jeremiah 29, 11-14, it says, "For I, This is a beautiful passage as well. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says Yahweh, thoughts of peace. And not of evil and that's our word raw to give you an expected end, then shall you call upon me and you shall go and you shall pray and this is our word Palau intercede or supplicate unto me and I will hearken I will Shema unto you and you shall seek me and find me and when you shall search for me with all of your heart and I will be found saith the Lord and I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you From all the nations and from all the places whether I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place which I have caused you to be carried away captive. How powerful. How powerful. It's beautiful scripture. The Lord cares for us. He's so concerned about what troubles us. And when we do, when we just, you know, when we have given our life over to seek our Father, He is going to hear the, the needs that we have and He is going to intercede. And answer our prayers. Amen. But on the flip side, in, uh, in Haggai, it says, Haggai reproves the people for neglecting to build the house of the Lord. This is what happens when we don't build, right? Haggai 1 1 through 11. And in the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shetel governor of judah and to joshua the son of Jehozadak, the high priest saying thus speaketh the lord of hosts saying this people say the time is not come the time that the lord's house should be built then came the word of the lord unto haggai the prophet saying it is time for ye o ye to dwell in your silded houses and the silded is a house with a ceiling made from uh, costly wood so it's a nice house that they have built for themselves, and this, and he's saying, "In my house lay in waste." Now, therefore, thus says the uh, Yahweh: Consider your ways. You have sown much, and you bring in little. You eat, but you have you have not enough. Ye drink, but you are not filled. Uh, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye, uh, you clothe, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into bags with holes. So it's not profiting in them. Amen. Verse 7. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build a house, and I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You look for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why saith the Lord of hosts? Because of my house that is waste, and ye and ye run every man into his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed with dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit, and I call for a drought upon the uh, land and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which groweth uh, which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the laborers of the uh, of the of your hands. So they brought down destruction upon themselves because they chose not to serve God. And Haggai the prophet encourages those who have, uh, have just returned from, uh, from exile to remain faithful, obedient, and hopeful for God's promises of a new Jerusalem. He challenges a return to exiles to remain faithful and rebuild the temple. The Father takes pleasures in the things that we do for Him, and we need to make sure that our foundation is strong and secure. And that building that we build our lives on the principles, on his principles. And I want to ask you some questions today. We have to consider our ways. Are we sowing into the kingdom? Are we eating pneumonic food? Are we drinking the new wine of the Lord? Are we earning wages in vain? What are our priorities? Do we take pleasure in glorifying God? and where are our passions you know we have to re you know know—re-examine ourselves and refocus you know where what it what is it that uh you know where is the our heart our steering wheel of our body where is it you know i know i'm speaking to the choir but this message was the lord gave me this message for a reason for a purpose i know our messages go out into the airway and i just i just pray for for anybody on the sound of my voice that hears this message, that this, that this message ministers to their spirit. You know, and just something that I have said today that just draws them back and lets them refocus upon what it is that, you know, they've desired to do for their life. Uh, this next part is, um, we're going to be looking at some scriptures in the New Testament. And our word build is okademe. And it means to be a house builder, to construct, to build, building, build up, or to edify. And um, house is uh, the oki, okay, okay, And it means a temple, a dwelling place, a palace. the same thing as it does in uh, Hebrew. <coughs> and I entitled this first part. And I have two passages that basically say the same thing. So I'm only going to read one of them for sake of time. In Luke 6:46 uh, 46 through 49, it says, Whoever cometh unto me and heareth my saving, sayings and do them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man that buildeth his house and, and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the floods rose and the stream beat ventily down um, on the house and could sh- and not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and do- doeth not, is like a man uh, that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the streams did beat bentibly and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So this is a parable of Jesus in Luke and we also have one in Matthew that is the same, the same, um, it was Luke's interpretation and then Matthew's interpretation of the parable of Jesus and um, it describes what it's like when a person hears and obeys and they shema and they follow Christ uh, when problems come and that when they can rely on God uh, we can just we know that when we rely on God and put our faith in our on our promises and trust in him that he will see us through all things uh, this next part is uh, Christ is above Moses it's in Hebrew 3 1 through6 and it says wherefore, holy brethren partakers of the heavenly calling consider the apostle and high priest our profession Jesus Christ who was faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful into all his house so it's saying in verse 2 who was faithful to him that appointed him so it's saying that Jesus was faithful to God his father in all things and God appointed him and he was faithful in his calling verse 3 for this man was counted worthy of more honor, praise, and, and, um, and glory than Moses, inasmuch as he had who had built the house hath more honor. And this is our word, um, uh, Timmy, which means esteem and dignity, than the house. So the person that builds the house has more honor than the house does. That's just like the person, like God, should have more honor in our creation than the creation, but that's not the way our world uh, is today verse 5 and Moses verily was faithful in all of his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after but Christ as a son over his own house and it asks you a question whose house are ye Who ha- whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope and this is the elpis uh, uh, firm unto the end and we know by reading the scripture that G and, you know, we know that Jesus was faithful in all accounts and in that he is our example to follow. And we have to hold firm unto the end, trusting God through the journey of our life. And we have to hold fast with confidence, rejoice in the elpis. And this is to anticipate with pleasure and confidence in our calling. Uh, this next part is the laborers with God. And it's First uh, Corinthians 3, 9-10. And this is us. For we are laborers together with God. Ye, we are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. We are God's building. Verse 10. According to the grace of God, which is given, me, given unto me as a master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth upon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth upon. We, we follow the foundation of Christ, our master builder. And this is us as an example to others that we go before. And we know that Paul, um, in the verse says, Paul says he planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. All we can do is stay faithful into what the Lord has called us to do and be faithful in walking that. And I'm going to close with this scripture in Colossians, and it's 3, 23 to 24. And it says, and whatsoever you do. Do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Verse 24. Knowing that the Lord, with the Lord, you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. And we do that in our lives. We do, we do everything we do. We do it unto the Lord. So that concludes my message today. And I I thank you for being attentive and all, all your comments. And, um And everything today, and we just need to go forth and build that house for the Lord. Amen. 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 Do I have any more comments before we close? (coughs) Do we have any comments? Do I have any comments before we close? No? All right. Well, thank y'all.